Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. How are y'all this morning? God is good. Beautiful day. God's given us this amazing weather. It's supposed to be 150 degrees by now, but God is blessing us this season. Um, Hey, we have started this Kingdom Families series. In the last couple of weeks, I broke this open. And um, over the next month, there's going to be some really special elements, some ingredients, and some things that we're adding to it. Today is one of those days. And today is one of those days with a guest speaker, one of my personal friends. His name is Pastor Dante Banks. He's here with his lovely wife, Tabitha Banks. Now, uh, for those of you who are new to Grace Avenue over the last year and a half, we haven't had a lot of guest speakers over the last uh, couple of years. And we were resetting and just rebuilding after COVID and after everything that happened in 2020. And um, But for those of you who know Uncle Dante... He's been here a lot. He's been one of the guys who's been here the most. And so I was really excited to, to speak with him and talk to him about bringing it to you guys this morning on this whole idea of kingdom family. So do me a favor. Would you honor one of my best friends in the city and in life? Pastor Dante Banks is bringing the word this morning. Grace Avenue, how are you guys doing today? Come on, you can celebrate yourselves. Y'all looking all good and festive. But I'm so happy to be here. Listen, I'm so grateful to God. Can we just celebrate God for just like 30 seconds? Can we just take a second? That's it. You got to push past that little awkward stopping time, you know, where you do the, amen. And you got to know that, thank you, Lord Jesus. You got to know that you serve a won't stop God. So you got to pray. You got to say to that God, I won't stop either. I'm going to give you the best praise that I can give you. Also, I want to do one more thing. Listen, I really, I I always make a joke when I come here. Well, I make this joke everywhere. It works all the time. (laughs) It did start here. I say, um, I say, you guys know that you have the second best pastors in the whole city? <laughs> and it's funny. Every time, it's funny. But I, I really want to be genuine just for a second. I love your pastors. These are... Um... Wow! <laughs> These are some of the... Uh, the most real people you ever, you'll ever meet. And um, this is, I'll give you this real quick. I have a friend who's a banker. And he says, uh, he says, when you're in the banking industry, they never let you play with fake money. They make you count real money. 
over and over and over. You make you count and count and count. Real money, real money. And if you count real money so long, that as soon as you touch fake money, you know it's fake. He said, you know it's fake because you've had such an interaction with real. And I just want to say, I'm so grateful that I have such an interaction with real that whenever I touch something fake, I know it's fake. I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on, you can give, these are your pastors. I also want to thank my beautiful wife who is here with me today. Thank you for escorting me. Pastor Tabitha Banks and uh, Kevin and Latuana, they came along to escort us today. Can y'all give it up for them as well? Thank y'all so much for being here. Listen, I don't want to be before you long. That's not a preacher promise. That's an actual promise. So if we could turn our Bibles, I want to just read a little bit of Genesis chapter 12. I want to read a little bit of Genesis chapter 12. And uh, I think we're going to put it up on the screen. I think we have it to put it up on the screen. Yeah, we got it. Boom. You, know, you always cross your fingers before you look back at the screen. <laughs> Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to do a little bit of reading into your ear, and then uh, we'll see what the Lord says. Amen? Amen. Uh, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from the country that you are from, away from your relatives, away from your father's house, to a land which I will show you. Go forth. From your country, let, go back. Yeah, we do this. We just repeat the same stuff over and over. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> go forth from a country, uh, from, from your relatives, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Next slide. Come on. And I will make you a great nation. Wait, you'll make yourself great? No. I will make you a great nation, and I, who will do it? God will do it, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing to others. That's how you know you've been blessed, because you can be a blessing, amen? Amen. All right, come on. Number three, and I will bless those who bless you, Lord have mercy, and, I, and the one who curses you, I will also curse, and then you all, the families of the earth, will be blessed. Four. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. <laughs> That's his nephew. And uh, his cousin Jed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Heron. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help me help them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can have your seat. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. I'm so grateful, super grateful to be here today. Um, I, I, I want to I talk to you today about Kingdom Families, but I thought it was apropos before I talk to you about Kingdom Families to sort of introduce you to my family because I'm, I'm proud of my family. Amen. I'm proud of my family. I, I, was, a, I was a teen father. That's not, that's not good news. It wasn't good news then. It's kind of good news now. When I was 38 and my house was empty, I was like, bless the Lord. Amen. Everything's great. It's all wonderful in here. Uh, but I want to show you guys a picture of, of my family, my, my two sons. Uh, yeah, there we are. Um, this is my, my, my oldest son, Dominique. He's right behind me with the, with the million-dollar teeth that I pay for. Those are some good teeth. I mean, 
Britain and Ferris. Those are some good teeth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is my son, my eldest son. Uh, this is his son in the front. His name is Deuce. That's my, that's my grandbaby. No, you've never known love until you had a grandbaby. You, the, children, the love you have for your children is conditional. Trust me, you don't realize that. When you have a grandchild, it's agape. You got to it's agape. <laughs> this, is, this is his beautiful wife, Marilyn. And that is my youngest son, far in the back, because he's taller than all of us, so we make him get in the back. His name, his name is Savon. And this is my beautiful family. And we have a new addition to our family who wasn't in this picture. This is Tia. This is my granddaughter, Tia. I will fight you about this baby right here. <laughs> she is a Banks for sure. She's got all the attributes of, of, of a Banks. And, that, and that's, our, that's our little family. And I love this idea that, that um, God intended set up families. And he did it here in Genesis chapter 12. He did a beautiful thing. He went to a man named Abram. You said, who is Abram? Well, it's Abraham, but he hasn't had the name change yet. He's still early. He's, he's still Abram. And, and at this point, God goes to get Abram and he says something very simple. He says, I need you to go away from here. I need you to go away from here. Well, where is here? Here is a place called Or. It it, it looks like er. If you read it in the Bible, you'll pronounce it as er. It's you are. But it's not, it's not pronounced you are. In Hebrew, it's actually pronounced or. I always think that's uh, significant, that God will call you away from your options. God will call you away from your choices. God will call you away from your preferences. He will say, no, I need you to go away from what you, I know you wanted to do some things. I know you had a plan. I know you had a thought. I know you said, this is how I'm going to do it. And God said, no, I'm calling you away from or. And I'm calling you to where the only possibility is to do what I called you to do, to say what I called you to stay to stand where I called you to stand and to be who I called you to be. I'm so glad that I serve a God who called me away from ore. Called me away from ore because my ores were weird. <laughs> it's like I could have been a producer or a drug dealer. That's those were my ores. Those are the two. Like, I could, I mean, I guess where we grow up now, you could kind of be a producer and a drug dealer. I don't know if this get more. Street cred. <laughs> but God will call you away from your oar and he will present you. He said, go to a place. Uh, where's the place? I'll show you. Wait, wait, wait. You want me to go away from what I know, what I understand? Uh, just to be clear, Abram's family was rich. They were well off. They were, very, they were very rich, very, very rich, even to the point where Abram looked at his dad and said, I'm going where God told me to go, and I, I'm sure his dad was like, okay, well, peace. And Abram said, no, 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 I want all my stuff. There's some stuff that belongs to me. There's an inheritance that belongs to me because I'm a part of a kingdom family. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm a part of a kingdom family, and there's an inheritance that belongs to you because you are a part of a kingdom family. But I, I, I don't want to get stuck right there. I could really, like, you know, shout you guys and get all excited and start talking about the inheritance and the blessing of the Lord that belongs to you because you're a part of a family. I want to talk about some other stuff that belongs to you because you're a part of a family. Pastor Dante, where are we going? Well, to a place that I will show you. 
Bible says uh, God took uh, Abram and he said, come on, let me show you a place. The beautiful thing about God is that he will, he will give you, uh, he will give you the, the place where you are going, but he won't show you the route that he's going to take you to get there. And we shout in church, we love the place that we are going. We're like, yes. About the place that I'm going. But I don't recognize or realize that there is a route that God has to take me and he is maturing me along the way as I go. So God is going to take eventually take Abram and his people to a place called Cana. Now, the truth is, Abram doesn't live that far from Cana. But God says, come to a place that I will show you. And then he sends Abram south. What a a mighty God we serve. He sends Abram south, south through the desert, south through the Negev, south through the wilderness. But what he was saying, I think what he was saying, Pastor Daniel, if you'll give me a little license here, I think he was saying, I got to get some stuff off you before I get you to the place that I'm going to get you. And this is what I want to deal with today. See, see, we, we serve a God who knows, the Bible says he stands at the beginning, but he sees it all the way to the end. He sees it all the way. He's not encapsulated by time. He can see every, si- he can see every side of the spectrum, and he knows exactly not only where you need to be, but who you need to be when you get there. Can we, just, can we just take a second and say, God, make me who I'm supposed to be when I get to where I'm supposed to be. And I think God starts a process with Abram of washing some things off of him. You got to sort of know Abram. Abram, you got to sort of know his family. You got to know his family line. And I, 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 I'll sort of break this up into two parts because I want to be able to, to give you a, a, full, a full message. Um, I know some of you guys only come to the early service. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to be able to give you a full message, but I want to sort of start from this perspective here, that that God has to clean some things off of Abram before he becomes Abraham. God has to change Abram before he can get to where Abraham is supposed to be. And some of you guys, you see yourself as Abraham, but God's still working on Abram. You, you see yourself blessed. You see yourself. The Bible says, it, 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 the, the Bible says, in blessings, I will bless thee. Lord have mercy. In blessings, I will bless thee. I will cover you and coat you in blessings. And you see yourself that way. But he didn't tell Abram there, but it's going to be a process. And you're going to have to sacrifice. And you're going to have to do some things. And then he starts talking to him about something that I, I want to just sort of crystallize this message around. He, talks, he starts talking to him about his generations. He said, he said, your, 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 your descendants will be like sand. There will be so many of them. This is why we still sing it. You know, we're all here because of the promise that God made to Abraham. Y'all learned that in like Sunday school, right? Y'all the father Abraham had many sons. This is right here. Many sons have father Abraham. Some of y'all, you, you're trying to play it cool, but in your mind, you're like, Right on. <laughs> We're all here because of the promise that God made to Abraham. But not, just to, not just for where he was taking Abraham, but for who he was making Abraham into. We can't just accept the Canaan 
and not accept that God is making me into something else. He's turning me into something else because this, this line that I've been a part of, this family line that I've been connected to, starting all the way back to Adam, it's all jacked up. It's all jacked up. It's all jacked up. I mean, do we have to turn back to Genesis chapter 3 for me to show you how Daddy Adam's all messed up? He's all jacked up. In fact, uh, he, he, he's, so, he's so good. He's good at two things. He's good at shame and blame. Nobody ever taught him these things. Nobody ever taught him. It, 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 it was his base inside his spirit, inside his flesh to be, to, to be shameful and to blame. How, shameful how? Well, the Bible says after he had sinned, he, he tried to... I didn't know this would be here, but this is so good. And the Holy Spirit. I'm never getting invited back. Shame. Shame. The, the truth is, I love, God says, who told you you were naked? The truth is, you were always naked. We always saw you like that. You saw you like that for the first time, but we always saw you. We always knew that you were inadequate. <laughs> the second thing he did, I, I got to move on fast from that one. Somebody going to be riding in their car today. Inadequate. Okay. All right. That's inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> We always knew that, but Adam, he lived under this, this, this idea of shame and blame, and it went down his lineage. It went down his line. What, what, what blame? Blame blame who? Blame Eve? No. He didn't blame Eve. The Bible says that uh, God said, how'd you get all this? What, what'd you do here? And he says, the woman you gave me. I used to think he blamed Eve. No, he blamed God. He said, the woman, who taught him that? Who taught your, who taught your little baby to lie? Cookie crumbs all over their face. Did you eat that cookie? God says, I got to work the line. I got to work the line. There is a sin nature, and it's a part of your, woo, let, let me help you right here. It's a part of your lineage and your family line. And God said, hey, come here, Abraham. I got to destroy that sin nature because the same shame and blame that was in Adam was also in Cain. Was also in Cain. He's upset. He's angry. He got anger management issues. How are you the second... <laughs> The second generation born on the planet, and you already got anger issues? He blamed God as well. Because the Bible said God told him, you need to do better. And he said, I need to go talk to Abel. What do you need to talk to Abel about? <laughs> you need to do better. He says, no, but the same, the same, this, this shame and this blame and, 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 and playing this playing this sort of game, oh, that works, I think that works. <laughs> it goes all the way down to Abram. And it's in Abram's line too. And God says, I gotta wash it out of Abram's line. Problem is, Abram's line is just as jacked up as Adam's line. So Abram, one day, he, he, I just know, I don't know a lot about his wife, I just know she was fine. 
I mean, fine. No, no. Hear what I'm saying. She had to be fine, fine. Pastor Dante, what are you talking about? You took a turn. Okay, let me help you. In this same chapter, Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says that Abram goes to Egypt with his wife. And he's so afraid because his wife is so super bad <laughs> that he tells his wife, he says, hey, tell everybody you're my sister. Tell everybody you're my sister, because if they find out you're my wife, they're going to try to kill me. Woo, that man's wife had to be bad for his. He said, the whole city going to try to kill me just for being with you? Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I, I'm, hey, don't tell nobody you're my sister. I'm ready. Let's go. Take on the whole city. <laughs> Why does that matter? Well, it only matters if you know that Abraham has a son. His name is Isaac. Isaac leaves the place where he comes from. He is blessed by Abraham's lineage. He is enjoying all the fruits of being Abraham's son. He goes to a city. There's a king there named Abimelech. Isaac looks at his wife, who also has to be fine. It runs in the family. He looks at his wife. This is in Genesis chapter 26. He looks at his wife. He says, hey, tell everybody here, you're my sister. That same lie. We don't even, we know by the book, we know by the timeline that Isaac was nowhere thought of when Abraham told this lie. But the same lie is in the line. Does that make sense? The lie is in the line. The lie is in the line. And because the lie is in the line, God has to take us through a generational process of cleaning the line so we can look like the kingdom family that we're supposed to. Does that make sense? Okay. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Now, now uh, Jacob, he, he gets over on everybody. Jacob actually means trickster. Some of y'all know this from Sunday school. Jacob, and then he, he's, he's, so, he's so much smarter than everybody. He's like, you know, your 16-year-old kid. Just so much smarter than everybody. His 16 years of experience has given him a perspective on life that you will never understand. He doesn't realize that the sins of Abraham are in him. And the sins of Isaac are in him. He also has something else, a proclivity for fine ladies. <laughs> How do I know? Well, the Bible says <laughs> that he wanted to marry his wife, and his uncle said no. It, it was a long time ago, so it was wives. She was his cousin. It's okay. <laughs> you can't try to explain everything from the Bible. Some things just are. Just move on from that. His uncle said... You can marry her, but you got to work for seven years. And you know what that brother said? Okay. <laughs> fine. She had to be so fine. She had to be. Y'all playing, but you, I mean, she had to... seven years? Okay. She was so fine that after the seven years, the uncle tricked him. It's a long story. Like Prego, it's in there. He ends up with the wrong sister. He ends up with the wrong sister. Slept with her all night long. This is, I, I don't, can't wrap my mind around how this works. She must have been veiled. I don't know what. All night. Anyway. 
Seven years, he worked for her. He worked for his wife. You know what happened? The Bible says he got the wrong wife. The uncle said, okay, well, you got to take this one. He said, but if you work for seven more years, I'll still give you this one. You know what that brother said? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's insane. How beautiful were these ladies? <laughs> it's in the line. It's in the line. It never escapes the line. It never escapes the line. What we got to realize is the sin of Abraham, the sin of Isaac, the sin of Jacob, it's in us too. It's the same stuff that makes us want to lie, cheat, be deceitful. It's all the same stuff. It's in us too. And it never escapes the line. This reminds me of another story. Um, God literally told David, because David had a woman problem as well. Maybe this is for the men's conference. I should have saved this one. <laughs> David had a woman problem as well. The Bible said David had such a woman problem that when, they were, when he died, they didn't know he was dead. And so one of his servants said, if you just throw a young lady in there, and if he don't touch her, he dead. <laughs> Some of y'all don't believe me, like Prego. <laughs> he said, if he don't touch her, if he stay still, if you put a woman in his room and he stay still, that brother dead. <laughs> because even if he was in a coma, he'll wake up out of that coma. So much sin in his family. So much, so much darkness in his family. David, the father, David, we got the star. It's David. No, so much sin in his family that is his son raped his sister. Because I, I, that same stuff that's in the line comes all the way down to me. You, how did it get to David? Well, uh, we don't know who David's mom is. You, you, you know David has a mom. I mean, he's not immaculately conceived. But, but you don't know who David's mom is because there's some secret around there. There's some, there's some theological debate. Why, why am I saying this? There's some theological debate that, that, that Jesse probably just went off and did some stuff and then came back with a baby. And that's why when Samuel went to see Jesse and asked him to show him all his sons, he never pulled out David. Because it's likely that David was illegitimate. It's likely that David, do you see how the sin line, it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's, some, it's something connected to the fathers. It's something happening with the fathers. It's, I know Mother's Day is coming, but there's something connected to the fathers. And, and God said, no, I got to do something about this. I got to break all the way from Daddy Adam to Daddy Abraham to Daddy David. I got to do something about this. I'm so glad that I serve a God who's not just standing by, who's not just waiting, but he's actively involved in my life. He's actively involved in my situation, and he has an active plan for how he's going to bless my family. But God is outside of time, and he plays the long game. Wait, God, I want you to save my kids, like right now. Yeah, I'm working on that. They get to choose. 
Wait, God, I, I want you to fix it. Like, right now, I want you to do it. My grandma used to say, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. I realized that there was, she was leaving some stuff out because he's always on his time. But in his time, he steps in right on time. In his time, every time, he steps in right on time. The Bible says, how long was that time? It was 40 and two generations. Lord have mercy. It was 40 and two generations. 40 and two generations from the line of David, all of a sudden God said, I got to break the line. I got to break the line. I got to insert myself into the line. And all of a sudden now we get this Jesus who is born 40 and two generations after the line of David. And he says, no, the, the things that they failed at, the things that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob failed at, the things that David and Amnon and Jesse failed at, the things that Adam failed at, the things that Cain failed at, I'm not going to fail at. I'm going to live a perfect life, and because I lived a perfect life, the same power, whoa, there it is, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the Bible says it is alive inside of you. You know what that means? That means you're a cycle breaker. That means you can break the cycles, the cycles that happened with your grandma, the cycles that happened with your mother, the cycles that happened in your life. You can break the cycle because the same power. The, the, the line was broken, the lineage was broken, and you can access it from that place. You can access it from that place. When I was 17 years old, I had a son. It was insane. Looked at my wife. She wasn't my wife then. <laughs> I liked her a lot. <laughs> I hadn't made any commitments, though. I said, hey, we got, we got to raise this baby. We got to raise this child. Even if we're not going to be together, we got, we got to raise this child. Why? Well, it's because when my mom was 17, she had her first child child. When my grandmother was 17, she had her first child. When my great-grandmother, who I knew very well, was 17, she had her first child. This is a curse. It's generational. It's following me. It's following me. And the problem is I didn't do the research on the curse that was following me before I fell into the trap. And I knew Jesus, but I didn't know the plan he had for my life. And I fell into the trap of the generational cycles that perpetuated themselves inside my family. And I wanted to make sure that I raised that kid to know, not to know everything, not to be perfect, not to be a Jesus character, but to know the generational cycles that affected our family, the generational things that, that were in our family and that were problems in our family. And I want to tell you that when my son was 22 years old, he married the love of his life and they had two beautiful kids and they broke the cycle. He wasn't 17. He didn't have a baby out of wedlock. He wasn't a teen parent. And it might seem small to you, but it's big to me how God stepped in and said, I'm going to break a, a six-generation cycle. You say, Pastor Dante, why does that, that matter? Because the same God 
The same God. When God introduces himself to Moses, I'm, I'm done. God introduces himself to Moses in the book of Exodus. Moses says, Moses says, who are you? Who are you? And God says, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, (laughs) of Isaac, and of Jacob. Now, you, you, you read these people as heroes in the Bible, and that's wonderful, but I don't think he was saying that. I don't think he was saying I'm a hero's God. I think he was saying I'm a failure's God. I think he was saying, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a failure's God. The people who messed up Abraham, the people who lied Isaac, the people who, who made mistakes Jacob over and over and over again, the people who wrestled with me and wrestled with me. He said, I'm the same God. I'm, thank you, Lord. I'm the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If I did it for Abraham, then I could do it for Isaac. And if I did it for Isaac, then I could do it for Jacob. But get this, if I did it for Abraham, and I did it for Isaac, and I did it for Jacob, then I can do it for you too. Can you celebrate the God who did it for Abraham, who did it for Isaac, who did it for Jacob, and he's going to set your family free? He's going to break the line. He's going to break the line. He's going to insert himself. Listen, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll I'll preach happier at the next service. There's some people in here. You are a victim of your lineage. And God said, no, I'm introducing you to a new family. A new family with a new father. A kingdom family. It ran in your family until it ran into you. It ran in your family until it ran into you. And it'll never happen again after you. Because now you're a part of something greater. You're a part of something bigger. God introduces himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus, you know what he introduces himself as? The seed of Abraham. Wait, I'm a part of it. But I broke it. But I'm a part of it. What what part? The, the, The kingdom part. Because the promises of God are still yes and amen. Listen, it doesn't matter what happened in your life. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're currently fighting. We are in this new season, generationally now, we just blame our parents for everything. Everything. It's all your parents' fault. Let's unpack that. While I want to say there might be some stuff that's your parents' fault, you, you're a grown adult. You get to decide today, this day, on this day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It used to be a problem for my family, but it's not a problem. Alcoholism used to run in my family, but it's not a problem with me. I'm going to break the generational curse. Lying used to run in my family, but it's not a problem with me. I'm breaking the curse today. Uh, Homosexuality used to run in my family. It's not going to run in me. I'm breaking the curse. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for the person who don't know if they should clap right now. Who, who don't know if, if they're breaking the curse, God. Lord, I, I ask you to remind them that the cycle breaker is alive on the inside of them. 
you, Jesus, are the cycle breaker, God. Lord, I know right now chains are falling. I hear them coming down. I hear chains falling off, generational chains falling off of people who've been dealing with alcoholism their whole life, God. And they dealt with it because their daddy dealt with it. And their daddy's daddy dealt with it. And their daddy's daddy daddy dealt with it. But God, it breaks today, God. It breaks today. God, that little anger thing that my mama had is breaking off of me today, God. God, that 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 unforgiveness that my dad had, Lord, that ability to hold the grudge that my mother had is breaking off today. I hear the chains falling. And God, I want to just celebrate you because you're doing it. You're going to be doing it all week. We're going to get testimonies. Testimonies. Pastor Daniel, there'll be testimonies all week long of people whose chains broke. This is the day the cycle breaker, he introduces himself to the story. He says, now, all the blessings that belong to Abraham belong to you and all the curses that were a part of that line are destroyed. Can we celebrate that today? The cycle's been broken. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate God all over the place. You know, when, when Janelle and I got married, I remember having conversations with her about things that were going to stop with us. It's going to stop with us. Now that's very bold. It's very bold when you don't have experience and you haven't really walked it out. But to come to a place internally, and I'm telling you, there have been times over the years where Janelle and I have hit crossroads where there's opportunities to go back. To go back to what's in the family line. But we remember, we burned that house down a long time ago. We left no DNA evidence. There's nothing there but the blood of Jesus that covers all of that. And I often say this about Grace Avenue Church, because a lot of people don't get Grace Avenue when they come. But this is, and there's a reason, because they're looking for their grandmother's church or the church they grew up in. This is a first generation church. Okay? The seeds of everything are brand new. This is the first tree that's grown. I don't know where Grace Avenue will be in 10 years, in 15 years, but guess what? You are the seed of the first generation of Grace Avenue Church. And if you take your place, then take your place saying, it stops with us. It stops with us. So I just want to pray for people who, whatever you're walking through, I don't care if you're 58, it stops with you. All you need is one story at 78. My grandfather told me things at 78. He lived till he was 95. You don't know how long you got. In Hispanic culture, we think you're dying next week. So we always say, hey, he's, he's 52. He could go at any time. You never know. He lived till he was 95. He told me some things in his 70s that changed my life. Just one statement. It was one story. You don't know what God's doing in you now that you'll decide on even when you're 70s that you will impart to a 21 year old that will change the way he thinks about himself, his family, his choices, his decisions. The seeds that I sow today grow tomorrow. Come on, I wanna pray in this moment as we close for the line to be drawn for you and to reinforce that 
reinforce that. Father, thank you that today it doesn't just stop with us. It stops with you. It stops by the blood of the Lamb. Father, today we thank you that you are the cycle breaker, the chain breaker. I pray for fathers to be biblical fathers in this house. Godly men, righteous men, not perfect men, not men who don't struggle, righteous. Though the righteous fall seven times, the Lord will uphold them. Not perfect men, but men who are righteous and pursue righteousness. Father, I thank you for the family lines that start in Grace Avenue Church. God, may you continue to bless your people. Bless the thoughts, bless the actions and the choices that people are making right now. Let them see the future. Let them be able to see, Lord God, the choices that are being made. Cover them with your grace in this season, God. Friends, I want to tell you, God is looking for courage. You're looking for perfection, and you're looking for where it's going to all end up. God's just looking for your courage. Just take this step in the season. This is the trust factor, like it was with Abraham, to not have a vision outside of the calling and the pull and the draw to what God has. That's why some of you are in this church. That's why some of you are in this city. That's why some of you are here today. You don't know. You were called. You were pulled. It's because God's drawing you, and he's just pulling you and pulling you and pulling you. And then you get to the place where you look back and you realize, I've built a life. I've built relationships. It's never about being sure. It's about being in faith. And it's about courageously taking that on. So, Father, give this, give this people of yours courage from this message today. Let this word that came today that was deposited into this church take root and grow. Holy Spirit, water the seeds of life that were sown today. Let it give people insight and vision for what you're doing in their life and what you want to do through them. In the precious name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. That was a good word, wasn't it? Yeah. He tries to do that when we go to lunch. I'm like, calm down. We're just having lunch, man. Like, save it for Sunday. <clears throat> they pastor God Chasers Community Church, and we've been um, friends with them for a long time. And uh, I just want to honor them one more time. Let's honor them. Thank them for all they brought to the house today. I pray you're blessed. Praise be to God from whom all blessings flow. I kept hearing that verse during the worship. Praise be to God from whom all blessings flow. Blessing flows from God. All blessing flows from God. Everything that I do, it's the hands that God made. Every thought that I have, it's the thoughts that God gave. Every gift that I have, it's the gift that God put in. Okay, all blessing flows from God. So go out today knowing you are blessed of God. All blessing flows from Him. Amen? Amen. We got another surprise next week. Don't miss it. We'll see you. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. 
We hope to see you soon.